Can you even believe two freaking weeks left of 2019? I know everybody is saying this. You can't walk into an elevator without someone making small talk with you with the whole, can you believe it's almost 2020? Where did the time go? Blah, blah, blah. I know everybody is saying that. I can't tell you how many times I've already had this conversation this month, but really it is pretty mind blowing. And that you know, I say that because I, I want to thank everybody who this year has listened to, supported, and shared the Nutrition Awareness Podcast with people that they know. We started this little thing in May of this year, just kind of on a whim, no real plan, no real direction, just kind of a, oh, let's start a podcast. This is the best way to help people get validated nutrition information and make them feel better and more confident in their ability to achieve a health goal without tearing them down or feel bad about themselves. So it just started off as a little passion project and it has grown exponentially the past few months. And I want to thank everybody who is listening to this episode or who have listened to an episode from the bottom of my heart, especially if you have shared the podcast with people you know posted it on social media, or been a guest speaker on the podcast. You guys don't know how much that means to me. And if you don't know much about podcasts, the best way to support whoever is producing or recording a podcast is to share it with people you know. That's how it grows, word of mouth. So I ask you guys, if you do find value from this podcast, if you genuinely thought that what we're talking about, what these episodes are all about, help you in some way that you share it with a friend or family member or post it on social media because that's what really helps us grow. And I am so excited to see where this podcast goes in 2020. We have a lot of interesting things, exciting things lined up for 2020 that we hope you guys are going to want to be a part of and that we hope you guys are going to find enhances your lives, makes you better, makes you feel like you can do whatever it is you want to do in relation to your health and lifestyle goals. That's that's our mission. So again, thank you guys so much from the bottom of my heart for tuning into the podcast and sharing it with people in your lives who also need to hear this message. Speaking of podcasts, my guest today actually co-hosts her own podcast with her best friend and That's actually how I found out about her. I was on the gram, Instagram, and I was creeping. And don't even lie, you guys creep too, okay? We're all on there lurking around. I know what you had for lunch because I watched your Instagram story. And then I looked through your feed and I even creeped on your ex-boyfriend and I looked at his sister's page because she's gorgeous. And then I found her influencer profile. And now I'm following her and buying things from her Shopify. Like, Guys, we all are on Instagram. It's a big, creepy place, but it's how we find people these days. So I found Allie, our guest today, because I think I searched the hashtag Orlando Podcaster or something, and I was perusing her page, and not only is she entertaining, I mean, if you listen to her podcast and watch her Instagram story, she's funny. She's really good at just articulating what's on her mind and being really relatable, But her feed was full of fitness motivation and her being very vulnerable with her own nutrition and fitness struggles. So you could say I hit the jackpot when it came to podcast guests. (laughs) I hit her up, I slid in her DMs, and I was like, I need you on the show. So she came in and we had an awesome conversation. I mean, she's just amazing at telling her story and it's so relatable. A lot of the things that she talked about... I know listeners struggle with. I mean, a a big thing that we hit on was anxiety and how anxiety and stress influence how we perceive ourselves, how we structure our lives and how we set health and fitness goals. I think you're going to find this episode to be quite informative. Allie is a self-described, cat-loving, coffee-drinking, personal development junkie who loves connecting with others on social media. So she and I are are basically soul sisters. She grew up playing sports, gymnastics, dance, aerial, cheerleading. But then she says that she had a really hard time being active and healthy once she moved away from playing team sports. I know a lot of us can relate to that. We were really active when we were younger, and then we move into the real world, for lack of a better term, and it starts to creep on 
creep up on you. You know, you're not as active anymore. Your eating habits have to change and adapt. So Allie's goal is to create and cultivate a community where being imperfect is actually perfectly fine. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. And please, again, share it with a friend that you think will find it helpful. And really quickly, before we get into today's episode, I want to tell you about a cool free challenge that us, the dietitians, Megan and I, (laughs) at Nutrition Awareness are hosting starting on January 1st. This is a vegan diet challenge. It's going to be awesome to say the least. And we want to invite you guys to join us on this 31-day adventure of testing out an animal product free month. It's going to be hard. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be fun. So if you've ever been curious about what it's like to eat vegan, how you feel, if it has any improvements on your skin, your energy, your weight, or maybe it's going to be validation that it's not not the right diet for you, but it's a chance for you to test it out and do it the safe, healthy way under the guidance of two registered dietitians, then you need to get your butt into this challenge. It's totally free. I will link the Facebook group that we're hosting this challenge on in the show notes below. Just click the link. It's free to join. I would suggest joining before January 1st because we're going to be posting some some stuff on there to help get you prepared for the month. We're going to be sharing recipes. We're going to make sure that you are getting all of the proper nutrients that you need. We'll also be on there to answer any specific questions, share a grocery list, share things that we are experiencing, and just have a conversation about what it's like to eat a plant-based diet for an entire 31 days, and then we'll also be there to help you transition back into an omnivorous diet if you so choose. Maybe you want to stretch it out a little bit longer. So again, the link is in the show notes below. Join today. It's no commitment. It's totally free, and we can't wait to see you in the group. You're listening to the Nutrition Awareness Podcast, where we firmly believe food should fuel your life, not restrict it. Each week, one of our registered dietitian nutritionists will motivate and educate you with accurate and reliable nutrition information to help you achieve your health goals using food. Whether you struggle with yo-yo dieting, weight loss, portion control, or simply just understanding the right eating patterns to get real, lasting results, you're in the right place. I'm Dietitian Kate, nutrition expert, ex-cardio bunny turned barbell junkie, and your host for today's episode. Are you ready to dive in? What's up, everybody? We are back for another episode of Nutrition Awareness Podcast, but you guys already know that. You can read. I think you can read. Sorry if I made an assumption and you can't read and you can just listen. I'm going to stop talking before I hurt somebody's feelings, but I'm excited because we are recording from the Nutrition Awareness office today, and I've got a guest with me, and she's also a podcast host. (laughs) I'm going to let her tell you all about it, so everyone, please welcome Allie. Allie, will you introduce yourself to people? Hi, guys. Like Kate said, my name is Allie, and I am one half of the My Not-So-Balanced Life podcast. Um, Natalie is my counterpart, and she just could not be here today, but um, a little bit about me. I'm 27. I'm a UCF alumni. I have a bachelor's in health sciences and a master's in health services administration. Um, I love all things health and wellness, and that's kind of like my side passion, Um, and Natalie and I got the idea, you know, for our podcast initially just to connect with others through like health and wellness because wellness is so broad, you know, and it could be anything. Um, yeah, I mean, you, I, I don't even know what to say. Like, <laughs> I am so excited to be on this podcast. Yeah. It's like the coolest thing ever to be interviewed. And, you know, I'm usually the one doing the interviewing. So this is definitely a spin and a little different for me, but I'm excited to be here. I'm excited you're here too. And I like that you brought up how podcasting brings people who have common interests together. Mm-hmm. Wellness, like you said, is such a broad term. and it's, a, it's such a buzzword. Everyone's talking about wellness, wellness, but what is wellness? It's different to everybody. I mean, oh, yeah. wellness for one person could just be feeling good and having energy 
to somebody else it could be being free of chronic diseases like diabetes. Somebody else it could just be managing stress, right? So yeah. wellness is so many different things. I know that I creep on your Instagram and I creep on your <laughs> podcast and I just for the background information to listeners, the reason I reached out to Allie was not only because I knew she was a wonderful speaker and had a lot of good <laughs> ideas to share, but also because it's clear she really cares about health and fitness and nutrition, but she takes a balanced approach. Like she's not on Instagram saying like, oh, I'm doing all these crazy things and drink this shake and blah, blah, blah. Like there's nothing weird. It's, it's a normal, balanced, healthy approach. So when you say that you're into wellness, what specific niches in wellness, or, or you know, let me rephrase that. What does wellness mean to you overall? What is it for you? Honestly, it's, I mean, it's definitely changed, you know, um, as I've gotten older to the old age of 27. <laughs> um, it's it's definitely changed. You know, before it was, I want to be super skinny. You know, I want to be so fit and mm. not have any fat on my body. Um, and then that obviously, like, isn't sustainable and it's not real for Mm. everyone and it wasn't real for me either um and now it's just I'm still trying to find that balance of of wellness of feeling good in my clothes um being able to move and having the freedom to do any sort of workout whether it's crossfit yoga bar whatever it is spinning um and just being happy in the body that I have now versus trying to focus on what I want it to look like, even though that's very hard, um, especially in a society that is, I think now like it's, it's switching. Culture is definitely kind of adapting to this whole movement of every body is, is great. It's fantastic. If you have the ability to do what you want Mm -hmm. with the body you have. Yeah. So, yeah. So like what I hear when you say that is, the challenge of learning to love your body the way it is, knowing that, you know, genetically you might not be predisposed to look a certain way. You might not ever fit a certain image standard. Mm-hmm. But then also challenging yourself to be better by trying different types of fitness activities and learning to give yourself some flexibility, saying, I don't have to go hard at CrossFit six days a week. I can do whatever feels right in the moment, mm-hmm. whether that's a spinning class, whether that's a walk, whether that's something really high intensity that's going to challenge me. Yeah. So I'm trying to find that nice ebb and flow of, okay, I love myself from where I am, what can I do today to just make myself feel really good and be better? Yeah. I mean, I used to be that, like, CrossFitter that was there six days a mm-hmm. week. And um, I liked it. I competed for an entire year. You know, I did, like, various competitions, like, around town. and um, But after a certain point, like, I just felt so uncomfortable, like, inflamed almost. Like, my muscles weren't recovering well. Like, and I have eczema, so, like, my eczema was flaring like mm. nonstop, and it was just super heavy like weightlifting it just wasn't conducive to like my other side of wellness which is like you know feeling good yeah um because it it was it sucked to make the decision being like okay like I don't think I can do crossfit anymore and my back was always hurting it just wasn't like right for me you know, so I, I switched it up and that was two years of like my life essentially like being kind of pushed to the side. Um, but I mean, at the end of the day, like I had to do what wasn't going to hurt me, you yeah. know? Oh my God. Yeah. And when you say that, I feel that almost like emotionally. Like I feel like I <laughs> I can relate so much because not only at CrossFit were you getting like a community, you had friends, you had a challenge. It was part of your routine. And mm-hmm. to see that, okay, maybe doing it 200% actually does more harm than good. Yeah. And we were talking before we started recording about wellness being such a buzzword right now, but nobody really knowing what is it, what's it mean? Mm -hmm. You know, what does it actually say about your state of being? And what I love about it being such a hot topic right now is the other side of wellness that isn't just being active and eating right. It's taking time to rest and tuning Mm -hmm. into your body. Like, if you were my client right now, I would have been so impressed by the fact that you noticed <laughs> that overexercising was causing inflammation and therefore causing your eczema to flare up. Because oh, yeah. a lot of people just go on autopilot and they don't make the connection of, oh, my body's under so much physical stress right now that it's manifesting in other ways that yeah. I don't want. Oh, yeah. That was huge for me. Like, once I saw my skin, like, acting up and I hadn't had, like, a flare up in so long, I was like, okay. Mm-hmm. what what am I doing like on a day-to-day like what 
could be causing this, right? And I looked at the food I was eating and I was like, all right, let me, let me just try a few things. Like I love experimenting like with my body and like food wise, workout wise, whatever, you know, whatever, not, not anything crazy, (laughs) you know, but I, you know, took out like grains, for Mm -hmm. example, just to see if that was messing with my skin. And also I have like digestive, like health issues, I guess. Um, so that, really helped me notice like okay certain grains like my body just does not tolerate like at all and I wouldn't have noticed that unless I like took it out and then like reintroduced it slowly mm-hmm. and so whatever so I figured that out and I, I'm lactose intolerant so that for sure like I had to definitely cut out even like the smallest amount of dairy I was eating like I had to cut that out was that hard to get rid of grains and dairy? Um, grain, yes. Uh, being Hispanic, like, <laughs> rice um, is, like, in every meal. Um, and bread, like, it, it's, like, I'm Peruvian. So, like, in the mornings, like, when you wake up, like, there's always some sort of, like, meat or protein. And then there's, like, bread. And mm. it's, like, always there. And so that was huge to give up. But... Once I started getting more into, like, nutrition, I slowly started, like, removing, like, the super processed stuff. So, eventually, taking that completely out wasn't super, super hard. It was just more annoying Mm. than anything because I, like, see people eating it and I'm like, ugh, like, I really want to eat that too. Being Peruvian, did you get a lot of pushback from your family when you'd say no? Like, were people, you know, Um, harping at you, like, saying eat it or were they really understanding? So... I'm an only child. Uh, oh, and me my, too. Really? Yeah. That's how you get along get me. <laughs> Everyone else is like, oh, those freaks. Those yeah. Only children. No, no, no. I get more pushback for being an only child <laughs> yeah. than anything. Um, yeah, same. <laughs> but my parents were, I mean, they've always been really supportive of whatever it is that I do. I mean, I at one point went to them and I was like, I want to change my religion. And they were like, okay. <laughs> That's and amazing. So they, and I explained to them like what I was doing. I'm like, look, this is what I'm trying to do. Just respect that and they were good like at holiday we don't have rice anymore or if we do it's a small amount because my dad might want it or my mom or my grandpa or whatever or brian might want it um but they've never pressured me if anything they they more just want to like find out like what my purpose is in doing x y and z wow that is you are so lucky that is such a gift because i've heard from so many people who try to make some kind of change in their diet and I feel like a lot of family members almost take it too personally. Absolutely. Yeah. And especially in if it's a cultural thing, right? If your family's used to eating a certain way and you say, hey, I can't eat this anymore for medical reasons, they almost turn it around to be like, oh, are you saying that me eating this rice is bad for me? It's going to make me me sick or you think I'm unhealthy because I eat this. Yeah. It's, they've never said that to me. If anything, like Brian's family has a little bit more like hesitant and Half of them are from, like, the South, and mm-hmm. then the other half are Puerto Rican. So it's kind of just, like, two completely different cultures, like, being smashed together. Um, and Brian's your boyfriend. Yes, Brian's my boyfriend. Sorry. That's him. Um, <laughs> hey, Brian. Hi. <laughs> um, you know, whenever we try to make, like, healthier options, um, it's always like, oh, well, is that even going to taste the same? Or, like, mm-hmm. I don't really want to eat that. Or... why do you guys always do this? Like, it's not going to be the same thing. And it's like, right, it isn't the same thing. Mm -hmm. But it's better for you. Like, just try it. And trying, even to get them to try something is like, oh my gosh, it's like the never-ending, like, ugh, this isn't that good. Or, ugh. And I'm just like, okay, then don't eat it. Like, don't eat it. I'm going to eat it. More for me. Just leave it on the table. (laughs) I love that. Okay, so... If somebody's listening to this and they are feeling the same way, like maybe they have somebody in their immediate circle that is just not receptive to trying new foods, or maybe their family is just sticking their nose up, do you have any advice to introducing new things? Do you have any tips or tricks that have worked or secret recipes that maybe have worked a little bit better? <laughs> um, uh, I would say, honestly, just be really upfront like mm-hmm. with your family and explain to them, like, this is important to me. Mm-hmm. And... I know it's different, like, from what you're used to seeing me eating or doing or whatever, but I would just appreciate you respecting it. Like, you don't have to do it. No one's asking you to eat this way or to do CrossFit or to do whatever. Just don't make me feel bad for doing it. Um, 
I, well, whenever I like introduce a new recipe to like my parents, my parents are really good about it. Like I truly, like I am very lucky with that. Um, but I usually don't tell them that it's like a healthier option. I just like put it on the table and I'm like, you know, watching to see if they eat it. And when they are like, oh my God, that's so good. Then I tell them usually what it is. And I mean, it's the same thing. For example, like when Peruvian, we eat a lot of like different things, right? We eat cow's heart, like on a skewer, like a little kebab almost. Mm -hmm. And I would never, if someone told me that was a cow's heart, I would never in a million years touch that. But it just looked like a little piece of steak on a stick, and I ate it, and then they told me it was cow's heart. But now, every time I go to Peru, I'm like, I need to eat that because it's so good. Yeah. but And probably really nutrient-dense there. Iron. Uh, yes. <laughs> little fun fact. Great. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, it's just asking your uh, family or even significant mm-hmm. other to respect your decision. They don't have to agree with it. Just... Mm-hmm. You know, don't make me feel bad about it. And that's another thing, like, something that I talked to Natalie about is sometimes your significant other might not be on board. And that is honestly the hardest. Your family, you know, if you live with them, like, oh, that might be an issue. But, you know, for me, I don't see my family often because they don't live here. Um, they live back in my hometown. So seeing them or e- eating a different way isn't necessarily that difficult. Um, but if your significant other isn't, like, on board with what you're doing, the biggest thing that I've seen is that, you stop doing it. Like you, you're like, well, you know, um, Brian's not doing this or he's not willing to try with me. So it's just too hard to make two meals or it's just too hard to go to the gym alone. And it's like, yeah, it sucks like to do things alone. But once you commit to something and kind of like you said, um, in your Instagram stories, like if you keep breaking promises with yourself, like it almost doesn't become like a thing anymore. Like you're yeah. just like, oh, I made a promise. Like I'm probably not going to do it, mm-hmm. you know? Like Instead, you know in the back of your head, you'd say like, oh, I'm going to go to the gym. But then you know because you usually don't go to the gym that you're probably not going to do it. Right, right. And so you just like allow yourself to give up on yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, but one thing that I always say is you just keep doing you. Like if you want to eat healthy, you eat healthy mm-hmm. and you serve your significant other whatever it is that he wants to eat. Or it, make him make his own thing. Yeah. And, oh, my gosh, yes. I'm like, if you want to eat differently, you cook your yeah. own meal. You, you eat your lean prep- cuisine. Or yeah. <laughs> you eat your big old thing of pasta and then pass out three hours or an hour later and because you're, like, you know, dead. Yeah. But don't complain to me when you feel like shit. Exactly. That And that's, like, the biggest thing. I'm like, if you want to do whatever it is you're doing, fine. But let me do me. Mm-hmm. And eventually when you see how good I'm feeling and the results that I'm getting or just I feel so much better – you're going to ask me what I'm doing and then you're going to be on board. Yeah. Then you're, that's the best way to get somebody mm-hmm. to join in instead of just forcing it down someone's throat saying like, look at me, look at what I'm eating. I'm eating this healthy meal. I'm eating this balanced, nutritious thing and you're eating mm-hmm. this. Instead of shoving it down their throat, just lead by example. Like yeah, you said, you absolutely. do you. Be true to what you want. Be true to what you want to achieve. And then other people will just naturally follow. I mean, that's what leading is. Mm-hmm. And if they decide not to join it on you, fine so what yeah Mm -hmm. just do other things together I like that you know I love that whole I'm gonna do me you know you do you kind of thing because I think especially as women we tend to prioritize our relationships with others before we even think about our relationship with ourselves like it never really crosses our mind to think like okay how do I think about myself do I show up for myself about things so if you decide that hey like I want to be healthier I want to embark on a wellness journey whatever that looks like for Mm -hmm. you and you have all these actions in your mind that you know you need to take to get you from point a to point b and you put them down on paper and you're really excited about them and then you let somebody else kind of suck the fun out of it and you don't show up for yourself how are you ever going to show up for yourself in any other area of your life? Yep. you got to just do what's going to make you happy and actually get you the results that you mm-hmm. are thinking about when you go to bed. And as hard as it is, sometimes that means just not giving a fuck about what other people think. Oh, my gosh. Even those important people. That is the hardest thing, like, I've personally had to overcome is, like, well, I'm trying. I'm not there yet. But, like, stop, like, just not caring what other people think about you. Mm-hmm. It is crippling seriously and it prevents you from doing so much and whatever it is that you're doing might not be everyone's like thing right whether it's 
Crochet. Crochet. <laughs> you know, underwater, what is it, basket weaving or whatever. <laughs> what is that from? I don't know. It just came to me. If you guys know what that's from, let us know because I've definitely heard underwater basket weaving. Like it literally, I would have never said that on a normal day, but like, I don't know. Um, no offense to anybody if that's your thing. Either. But if you do do it, like... <laughs> Let, like send us a picture because yeah, like, I don't, what does that even look like yeah, doesn't everything get kind of soggy yeah. like doesn't that make it hard it just like falls apart when you like come <laughs> up out of the water um what was i saying oh okay um it's just it's so hard to to stop caring because women like you say like we do value relationship and women do a lot better in community mm-hmm. than like men do for example men are kind of you know they have like one best friend they're like cool it's all i need and women are like but i need someone to get my nails done with and then i need someone else to go to the gym with and then like maybe i need someone else to do this like we require i i think more support um and and i don't know if that kind of stems into like validation almost um of other women to to feel good which isn't necessarily a bad thing if you're surrounded by women who actually support you and are in your corner yeah and that's so hard to come by nowadays um i've lost friends this year i i I joke this been like my exodus of like friends (laughs) that like at one point yeah we're super close but you know like you just grow apart one or they weren't your real friends to begin with so their opinion never mattered at all wow that's the truth I've felt the same way, especially when I moved from my old hometown and moved here. Mm -hmm. I had my group of girlfriends back home, and I still have a lot of them. A lot of them, we still stay in contact, and we talk all the time, and we're as tight as ever. But a lot of them, it's just like I wouldn't even know what to say to them because we don't have things in common anymore. Mm -hmm. And it's such a hard pill to swallow. But that's just what life is. People come in, they come and go and they play their role and you play their role, your your role in their life. I'm Mm -hmm. using a lot of the same words here, but it's okay to just let people go and keep moving forward. And again, just being true to yourself and knowing, okay, I'm working on the relationship with myself. That way, those other relationships that are meant to be in my life are going to flourish because if you don't have a strong foundation, how can you build a house? How can you build a tribe? You can't. And going back to your point about how women do better in communities, I wholeheartedly agree. And I I feel like it's really human nature. I mean, if you look back at human civilization, before human civilization, we lived in tribes, we did things Mm -hmm. as a community, we shared things, we helped take care of each other's children, and we shared our food, and it was just very communal. And I think women especially have this amazing ability to... And I'm not saying all women, I'm not saying no men, but we have this amazing ability to express our feelings and empathize with other feelings that women may have in our little tribe, in our community. And I think that's how women bond. We bond by saying like, I feel this way and I had this experience and oh, you had that experience too. That's how we come together where men come together more so through actions. Like they can play video games and not say a word. Right? (laughs) All right. And they're like best friends. My existence right there. (laughs) Yeah, right? So mom deserves the best. And there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. And you can find somebody who has a shared experience and you can talk about it you feel less alone and then you feel more empowered to do the things that you want to do and again that's why I think podcasts are amazing because here we are two women that have very similar experiences talking to women who have very similar experiences but may not have someone else in their life that can speak to that who may not know what it's like to you know feel like they need to fit a certain body image standard to feel loved or you know we were talking a little bit earlier about how you felt some stress and anxiety and how that manifested into your health and some people might think there's something wrong with them if they are feeling anxious or they're feeling stressed and they turn to food or body image obsession to overcome that. Yeah. And so I think that's the beautiful thing about podcasts and, and finding people in your area and in your community who can really actually lift you up and genuinely support you. Mm-hmm. And if they don't, then bye, Felicia. Yeah, <laughs> fuck em.
done. Yeah, it's hard though. It's hard when you've put a lot of energy into like fostering this friendship and like, you know, cultivating it and Mm -hmm. spending all this time. And then one, it's like, and half the time it's a misunderstanding, right? (laughs) I want to say more than half probably. (laughs) 90% of the time it's a misunderstanding and one person like fails to communicate and uh, it just kind of like falls apart, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, And that actually is what gives me a lot of anxiety Mm. and stress is when one it's like a misunderstanding on my end or I didn't vocalize you know I didn't communicate properly um or just relationships in general they can be very anxiety inducing yeah um which again like can lead to so many other things that are not good oh my god yeah and so neither of us are therapists or psychologists But we really care about anxiety. I know we've experienced it differently. And I want to get your opinion on this because I heard somebody, I can't even think of who it was, but they had some sort of letters after their name. So they were incredible, right? Yeah. (laughs) He explained anxiety as being there is something within you that's unresolved and you need to solve that problem for the anxiety to go away. And I was like, that makes perfect sense. Because if I'm feeling anxious about a relationship, it's Mm -hmm. usually because I have something that I need to say or something that's on my heart that I have to get out there or maybe something they said that I didn't let them know how it actually made me feel and it just kind Mm -hmm. of haunts me. So a lot of us, instead of doing the hard work and looking at somebody in the face and being like, you made me feel or, you know, I feel this because of X, Y, Z or whatever that is, we mask that anxiety with mind-numbing activities. Mm-hmm. So in the, in the light, since this is a nutrition podcast, a lot of people use food. A lot of people use calorie counting or body image obsession. A lot of people use alcohol. Some people use drugs, gambling, sex, whatever it is, video games, TV. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a really common one. People don't want to deal with their issues. They come home after work and they plant themselves in front of the couch and they watch a screen all night long. Yep. And they wonder why they go to bed feeling anxious because they have all these things in their head that they didn't do and they know they should do. Right. So it's like a message to your brain of like, hey, you have unresolved business to take care of, but it's just easier to ignore it. Do some, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like that text you get like in the morning. It's like, hey, we need to talk later. Oh, and my then God. It's like, what did I do? <laughs> I knew it like that one day three Call weeks me. ago, like I shouldn't have done this one thing that, <laughs> you know, and like. I um I don't know if you follow like or you do like enneagram stuff. I'm a seven. I'm a six. <laughs> oh, hey girl. Yeah, I'm a six wing five, and it's uh, six is like a fear based uh, number or enneagram. And um, when I first read it, I was like, oh my god, this is so not me. Like I'm not <laughs> like this at all. And usually, what they say is like the one that you like kind of don't want to be is actually the number that you are because mm. um, it's a lot of your insecurities, you know. And I have a tendency like whenever. Uh, like Brian will say like hey we need to talk later and I'm like oh my god I'm like what did I do like especially if there's a period at the end oh no talk, I'm like please period. don't t- please don't use like punctuation when you text me like it's, just, it's too serious smiley emojis only <laughs> I had a friend who was like um you didn't text me with emojis like are you mad and I'm like <laughs> Oh no, God. like I was just driving and like I spoke into my phone. Like I, I didn't even think about it. And she's like, okay, because normally you put like three emojis in your text. And I'm like, please don't analyze my message. And the older generation calls us snowflakes. Yeah, <laughs> seriously. Oh my gosh. Friends are, friends are great. great. <laughs> we'll leave it at that. Oh my goodness. But yeah, no, it's like when you get that message and you're like, okay, now something's wrong, there's a problem, and you need to solve it right now. Otherwise, you're going to feel anxious about it all day yep. until you have that talk. And then it's funny because it's usually something like, oh, by the way, I just wanted to let you know that we're having a party on Friday. You know, right? Yeah, and stupid. It's, it's usually something stupid. <laughs> yeah. But I created this whole, like, yeah. problem, fiasco, worst case scenario. And it gets I've, worse throughout it the gets, day. Oh, my gosh. And then I'm, like, sweating, yeah. and I'm like, oh, my God. Yes. <sighs> when Brian gets home, I'm like, you wanted to talk, right? And he's like... <laughs> Yeah, but, like, only, like, can you clean the litter boxes tonight <laughs> instead of me, and I'll do, like, the dishes. And I'm, like, you could have just texted me. Like, <laughs> Maybe he, like, likes to see you get all fired up. Probably. <laughs> just, like, like, sick joy. I'm just, like, 5'2", full of rage <laughs> when he gets home, like, bouncing off the wall, like, red in the face. Oh He's going to turn gosh. your hair gray. <laughs> what? I'm, like, oh, my gosh, don't say that. <laughs> I'm too young. 
I found my first, I'm 25 for context, and I found my first gray hair the other day. Oh and goodness. well, I think it's actually my second because I found one like years ago and I was like, what a fluke. Like, no. And then I found another one and I'm like, this, this is who I am this now. Is what, this is what it means. This is what my mom like always talked about growing up. Like it's oh hitting me hard. God. Talk about anxiety. I found my first, or my hairdresser found my first gray hair after I took my anatomy class at undergrad. <laughs> and I had like really long hair then. And she was like, uh, do you want me to like pull this? And I'm like, uh, yeah, yeah it's not like, please don't let me keep it. Like, I don't want that. Wait, does it grow back gray then? I no, guess. No, no. It's just, it's just gone I don't forever think, now. I don't think that's true. You know, where, like, you pull the gray and, like, five more, like, sprout or whatever. Like, I Oh, is that a thing? Oh, yeah. I guess. I mean, it's not, like, a real thing. (laughs) Fingers crossed. Yeah. I don't think it's... I mean, I don't have any gray hair that I can see, so... Well, speaking of anxiety, even talking about gray hair (laughs) gives me anxiety. There's... I was telling Allie before this, I'm like, yeah, it's... I always felt kind of insecure because I've just been one of those people that's so type B that it made me feel bad. I'm like, should I be a little bit more alarmed about mm-hmm. things? Like, I get into my moods, I suppose. But I'm like, okay, should I just be a little bit more anxious? Because we were talking about a lot of people almost wear their anxiety as a badge of honor. Yeah. And we were saying, okay, is, are you really anxious? Or are you just stressed? Or do you just have a lot of unresolved things in your life that you're ignoring? Yeah, no, it's... There's definitely, like, a fine line between, like, stress because, like, everything, you know, it could be, like, negative stress and then it could be, like, positive stress. So there's, you know, there's that. And then, like, anxiety is 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 crippling. Like, you don't get past it, you know, um, for a time. And uh, at one point, food gave me anxiety. Like, I did a super, and I mean super restrictive diet to get to my thinnest. What right? were you restricting? Oh, my God. What wasn't I restricting? <laughs> Um, I always joke that I ate, like, an almond skin a day. Like, I mean, I ate more than that, like, for sure. But it was, um, no grains. This was, like, way back when my eczema was, you know, like, cleared up. Everything was great. So I was like, oh, my God, this is fantastic. Mm -hmm. Like, but I was probably consuming, like, maybe less than a 1,000 calories a day. Like, it was so little. And, I mean, I grew up doing gymnastics, dance, like, acrobatic stuff and I played soccer and so I was always the chunkier girl and I when I if I had control over it like I didn't want to be that anymore like I was always like stuck in the back of dances because I was like the chunkier girl until my mom was like um excuse me bitch like my daughter knows the dance better than like Sally over here you're gonna switch my kid to the front and then you know (laughs) stardom stardom (laughs) um but yeah, no, it was, I didn't want to be that. I didn't want to be that bigger girl, the thicker girl or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so whatever, I got to my thinnest and I was so worried about nutrition, but I didn't want to keep doing that whole restricting thing again. So I found macro counting and that was great for a time, mm-hmm. but then I got, you know, Brian started doing it with me and I was never eating hot meals anymore because I was like, oh, I need like one more gram of that and just but like half a gram of cheese. And it was just impossible. Like I was in the kitchen at the end of the day being like, okay, I need 35 grams of protein, you know, 75 carbs and like one fat. And then he's like, I don't, what do you even eat? I'm like, like a whey protein shake and dry cereal. <laughs> that's, that's really what it was. And, and he was like, Allie, you just you just look miserable. Like, yeah. you're not even enjoying anything. Like, I felt like I couldn't go out to eat with my friends. And if I did go out to eat, like, I felt like I needed to bring, like, a scale with me mm-hmm. to, like, measure if I wanted, like, french fries or if I wanted, like, a burger. Like, how big was the the patty? Mm-hmm. And if I was going to have fries, like, I couldn't have the bun. Like, it was just so annoying. Now looking back on it is annoying. But, like, when I was in it, I was like, I can't be off on my numbers. Like, I have to be perfect yeah. or, like, I'm never going to lose any weight. Yeah, you know, you know what's funny is that the macro thing it has its place, but it was always marketed to people as flexible dieting. Mm -hmm. They were like, you can eat pop tarts uh, on if it fits your macros. You can eat this and that, and you can eat donuts, or you know, you don't whatever. And it was marketed to be flexible, but when you say it like that, I know that's a lot of our experiences that we've all had from macro counting. And it's not flexible at all. No, it's, it's debilitating. The like worst. Yeah, it's like you can't enjoy uh. anything. And when it's so real to me when you were saying, 
I'd be in my kitchen at night starving, looking at my numbers, trying to do these math equations and weighing out things. And then you end up making weird shit. Like, I remember I ate some weird stuff. Oh, yeah. I used to put, like, protein powder in my oats and I'd have to measure it out perfectly. Mm -hmm. And it wouldn't taste good. But I was like, "Mm, like, games. You'd do, like, volume (laughs) food, right? Like, I would, like, shred zucchini and put it in my oatmeal so it was, like, double the volume. (laughs) And I was like, this tastes like trash. But, like... I'm trying to be skinny, so yeah, but things we do, and then it's funny because then you you feel like you have the sense of control on the days that you do hit your macros or whatever, and Mm -hmm. it feels good. Like you're like, oh my gosh, because you have the sense of control and you solve this problem that you were trying to solve all day, and then on the days that you don't hit your macros, which is going to be often because it's impossible to hit the same macros every single effing day, Mm -hmm. then you feel horrible it's polarizing it's like some days you feel great and you're constantly striving for this great feeling of like oh i did it i'm great i'm awesome i set a goal and i achieved it and then battling with those days of like oh my god i can't believe i ate a serving of french fries i fucked up tomorrow i have to restrict or whatever it is that you cope with or maybe tomorrow i have to do an extra hour on the stairmaster Mm -hmm. and that's no way to live and that just makes the anxiety or the stress or whatever you're feeling worse and it just gets I mean, worse and worse and yeah it's like it piles on mm-hmm. and then before you know it you're just like why do i even do this mm-hmm. like why and then so that's when like i hit that wall i was like i can't count macros like this is so unhealthy you know and i was eating like a whole bunch of like packaged stuff because it, it like you know was super low fat and like higher carbs but i was eating mm-hmm. like you know 200 grams of carbs so like i could really flexible in the carb department but fats, it was like half an avocado was like my daily serving of fats. And I'm like, well, I can never eat an avocado again. They're not my favorite anyway. But like, you <laughs> like know. Like peanut butter or like something something delicious because fat makes things taste good. Oh, my God. So good. <laughs> but it, it, was, it was horrible. And then after macros, I just spiraled out of control. And I was like, okay, I need to get my life together. Like, what do I do? Call my mom because I feel like my mom, like, you know, you know, mom's like, only child things too. Yes. Yes. Like, my mom knows the answer to everything. So she, and my mom has also battled with like her weight. And, you know, it's definitely like a family thing. Mm -hmm. um, Because my mom's side is also on like the heavier side. And so is my dad. So, um, and there's diabetes on both sides of my family. So it's like, you know, when I was little, kind of go get my sugar tested all the time, drinking like, like I can never drink orange soda because I had to drink that, and it was just truly the nastiest thing on earth. But um, I called her and I was like, "Okay, mom, like I need to lose weight. Like, what do I do?" And she's like, "Oh, your cousin's on these diet pills. Like, maybe try that." And I'm like, "Okay, like whatever." I didn't even question it. I looked it up and I was like, "Cool, I can pay that much money for like a bottle." And I don't need. Maybe, oh, it was called. Oxy Elite Plus or mm. whatever. And some hardcore name. What? Oxy Elite Plus. Yeah, it was like I don't even know. It Burn Fit. That's what it was. It was like speed up your metabolism and blah blah blah. And you had to take it 30 minutes before you ate. So like I would take it and like literally set a timer. Because anything over, I felt like I was gonna throw up. Yep. Oh my gosh, yeah. I remember I took some of those in college. Like I let some guy at a supplement store, which is really embarrassing for me to say out loud because I was a nutrition major. Granted, I wasn't in my hardcore classes yeah, yet. Yeah, you just like buy into that because yeah, you're like, yeah, good salesman. Burn fat. They were huge pills. They made my stomach feel like a bomb just dropped on them. Like I can't even yeah. think of food that made me feel heavier than those pills. And I don't know about you. But I felt like I was on meth. Like I was oh my sweating nuts. I was <laughs> oh, yeah. always hyper. I did not feel good. And yeah. I didn't lose weight from them either. I actually lost a lot of weight. Did you? Yes. Oh my gosh. It was crazy. Well, so did it's... meth heads. <laughs> maybe I was just Maybe like you're cracked head. out. Yeah, maybe I was cracked out. It was quite a lot. Um no, but like I lost a lot of weight and you know, I felt really good. I was also like exercising. All cardio, no weightlifting, because, you know, that's how you, quote, unquote, you know, burn fat and everything. But, wow. I, like, looking back, I'm just like, God, you're such an idiot. You know, like, why would you do that to yourself? You don't even know what was in those pills. Like, I didn't even read the ingredients. I was like, And they're not regulated anyway. Right. It could have just been, like, sawdust that I was eating. Who knows? Yeah, you never, they don't, yeah. So that's the thing that people should know with those supplements is that they're not regulated by the FDA. Like, they're not Mm -hmm. regulated like your aspirin or your Pop-Tarts are. (laughs) Pop-Tarts are just coming to my brain today. How did you get off of that? Like, how did you 
find a better approach? What made you say, screw this? Honestly, it it's trial and error. Like mm-hmm. I said earlier, like I do love experimenting with my body now that yeah. I'm like way more like aware mm-hmm. of things. Um, it's like you see it more as like a challenge of like, you know, oh, you're yeah. appro- approaching it being like, oh, I'm curious how this is going to make me feel or what result this is going to get me. Not this desperate, like I need to burn fat, blah, blah, blah. Thing. Yeah. Well, that's how it used to be for mm-hmm. me. I'm like, okay, what can I do to be skinny tomorrow? Mm-hmm. You know, or like, how do I lose like the Regina George? Like I need to lose three pounds, you know, like, <laughs> um, carbs. yeah. Um, it, now it's it's gotten better i mean what i think really helped is after i was doing like macros and i did the pills the pills like it sounds like i'm like a drug addict um uh in undergrad and then i started getting more into nutrition in in graduate school like i was taking full-time graduate school but it was all at night so i had literally all day to do nothing Mm -hmm. so i was like oh what do i want to do now like i want to research you know like paleo so cool i just like look at your shirt um uh, and I like researched and I was like, oh, this is cool. Like, you know, whole foods, um, whatever. It just felt more free than what I was doing. Cause there was no count, like counting calories, counting macros, counting anything. So I was like, all right, like, I think I'm going to try and just eat better food. You know, I don't, I mean, I was like, well, if I'm going to gain weight, I'd rather gain it through like vegetables, meat, you know, the occasional treat or whatever. And then, um, what else? and then I found, oh, I think it was, we did paleo for a while and then I found whole 30, which I liked the whole 30. I mean, it's like super hard. Yeah. It's, it's definitely a challenge, you but. You have to cook everything. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, it it's definitely experience. gotten better. Like I did a whole 30, I've done two whole 30s, mm-hmm. um, and I didn't necessarily, like, lose weight because, again, like, it's not really a a diet. It's more of just, like, a 30-day, like, reboot, if mm-hmm. you will. Um, I really liked it. It was just kind of a bitch to, like, look at every single ingredient being like, oh, well, can't eat that, can't eat that. But it did get me looking at labels. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I think a lot of times going through those, quote-unquote, fad diets and restrictive diets – for many of us, we have to go through those things mm-hmm. to get contrast on how eating should be. And I don't hate things like paleo or the Whole30 because they teach you to look for whole food, to consume less weird substitutes that don't actually satisfy you. They force you to cook more because you can't just rely on grab-and-go packaged foods as often as you were before. Right. So they teach you a lot. And even with things like keto diets where you learn that, hey, fat's not bad. It actually fills you up. You don't have to restrict it to feel good. Mm -hmm. There's a lot we can take from those. And it takes, like you said, trial and error to see, like, hey, these aren't long-term solutions. They're things that may work in the short term. But they're not things you can do six, seven months from now. Yeah. Well, we actually, um, so I did Whole30 and I felt really good after that. And I was like, all right, you know, but I wasn't, like, my body wasn't what I wanted it to be, Mm -hmm. you know. And I was, Brian was doing keto. He loved it, Mm -hmm. you know. And um, he was like, Allie, like, just try it, you know. And I was, like, so against it. I was like. Brian, like, you're, it's so restrictive. Like, I can't believe you're going to even, like, suggest that. You know how I am, like, around food as it is. And, like, at that point, and was honestly the lowest I'd been, like, mentally in a really, really long time. Like, I remember I got out of the shower and I, like, dropped my towels. So I was just literally butt-ass naked in front of the mirror. And I was like, wow, I'm, like, the most disgusting person on this earth. Like, I've never spoken to myself like that. And... I just lost it. Like, I literally fell to the floor and was, like, hysterically crying. And Brian just, like, held me and he was like, Allie, what is going on? Like, I felt bad putting him in that position, but I needed to, like, hit rock bottom, you know? And mentally, I was there. I was like, I can't. I don't I don't know what else to do. And he – and it, it all stems from body image, like, from what I see in the mirror. Because to Brian – you know, I'm a hot piece of ass. You know what I mean? <laughs> but, like, to me, I'm just, like, ill. So he was, like, Allie, you stop focusing so much on the food. Like, you need to really, like, work on your, like, mental clarity, mental health, and just how you view yourself, you mm-hmm. know? Like, that's 
that's more of the issue here. Mm-hmm. So, um, I, you know, whatever, I was working really hard on that and I, you know, really got into personal development and leaning into that and mm-hmm. that's really helped me a lot just with like that mental shift and, you know, at that point I was like, fine, like we'll do keto or whatever. And I saw got really good results from it. But I found us, like, really leaning on to, like, the keto treats and, like, you know, whatever. And I was like, Brian, like, I can't – I'm not really – like, I've learned a lot. Like, I learned, like, potatoes are, like, my weakness. And I will eat potatoes three meals a day, all day, every day until I die. Um, But, like, that's just not – like, I can't can't be doing that either. You know what I mean? Like – I can't eat potatoes for every single meal. <laughs> You'd miss out on a lot of other nutrients if you <laughs> only ate one food all the time. Just one <laughs> potato at every meal. No, it was, I mean, keto helped me a lot just to, again, like, fat isn't necessarily, like, it's not the devil. It's not, it's not bad for you. Um, and Whole30 helped me with that, too. But after a while, I was like, Brian, like, I don't really want to do this anymore, you know? And we were keto for, like, nine months. Wow. Yeah, and we had done really really well on it but I was like and to me keto isn't necessarily restrictive like and Brian and I find freedom in a in in rules or like in in structure in in discipline yeah literally what I said in my podcast like two weeks ago um yeah so but I was like I don't I don't want to label myself as keto because I want to be able to eat a lot of fruit if I want to or or potatoes (laughs) Um, this episode's dedicated to all the potatoes out there. Yeah, all the potato lovers, um, <laughs> please slide in my DMs. Um, but I was like, I don't think I can, like, really do this anymore. Like, and it's not because it's not working. I'm just kind of like, eh, whatever. Um, so, and, you know, we were eating a lot of dairy. And it just, my stomach was not having it. Um, and it was literally, like, a few days ago where I was like, oh, I'm done. I don't want to do this mm-hmm. anymore. Like, lower carb is just, it's easier for me, um, and I feel better on it. But, like, being keto, keto, it's it's just not really for me anymore. So I think that's such a good point that you made earlier about the trial and error and learning things from different experiences. No experience that we have with food or a way of eating is a waste. Mm-hmm. No program, you know, is a waste of time or a mistake because it teaches you to become more in tune with which foods make you feel good. And you know as an individual that eating lower carbohydrates helps you feel your best. You know that dairy doesn't make you feel so good. You know you feel better <laughs> without certain foods in, in and out of your diet. And that's the beautiful thing. And as humans, our tolerances, our preferences, our needs are going to change throughout our life. What we could tolerate or what we could feel our best on at age 20 probably isn't going to be the same that we feel at age 25 or 30 or 50. It changes and we have to be adaptable. We have to be flexible and we can't put rules on ourselves that we're going to hate. If you Mm -hmm. can find a way of eating that makes you feel good with the open-mindedness of, hey, maybe this isn't forever, but it's right now and it's good for me. Awesome. Kudos. Like That's how it should be. That's Mm -hmm. the best case scenario. And it's important to not judge yourself for how you want to eat and not let other people's messages make you feel bad about wanting to improve your body image or wanting to just not care about it at all. Yeah. It's finding where you are in that moment and knowing that, hey, this is your reality for now. Maybe it's going to be different. Maybe it's not. And that's okay. Yeah, I think that's huge. Like not labeling yourself because a lot of people now like they're like, oh, I only eat keto you know or like my instagram is dedicated to keto or my instagram is dedicated to being vegan or vegetarian or you know whatever their whole identity is wrapped up in it right and it's like okay but like who are you other than that like you're not you aren't what you eat essentially but you kind of are but (laughs) um people are multi-dimensional yeah like it doesn't make you who you are like it doesn't you know i i don't want anyone to look at me and be like oh Allie, she's she's keto or she's whole 30 or she's whatever it's just like just eat what you want eat what makes you feel good yeah um enjoy your food that's like the biggest thing for me like if i don't like what i'm eating like either i'm not gonna eat it or i'm gonna pretend to like it and then i like go home and eat something (laughs) and then eat something that i really wanted yeah you know so i think what brian and i have learned throughout all of this is making 
or deciding what we want to eat, whether it's like tacos or, you know, some Peruvian dish or Puerto Rican dish or whatever. And it's like, okay, well, how can we tweak this to where it doesn't have any like processed sugar or any sugar in general? Um, And then how can we make this fit into what makes us feel good? Yeah. That is like the best case scenario for anybody. And it takes practice. Like if you're listening to this and you're like, that sounds really hard. Yeah, it's sometimes it is hard to start mm-hmm. thinking that way. It's hard to look at a recipe or look at a meal you like and think, this is really good. This is what my body wants. But I know that all of the whatever ingredient is it is in it isn't going to make me feel good. It's not going to help me get to whatever kind of physique goal I have. It's not going to fuel me for my workout. What can I change and make it better for me and make me feel better? And that's hard. It's not easy. But change doesn't happen without hard work. Like right. Things that are worth accomplishing, things that are work, worth having, take hard work. It takes discipline. It mm-hmm. takes planning ahead. It takes changing your behaviors and your habits and how you see food. My favorite point that we've hit on throughout this entire episode is the labels. Mm-hmm. Is, you know, saying maybe you eat a meal one day that's keto and then maybe for lunch you have a vegan dinner or vegan lunch. And then maybe later in the day, you just have a lower carb meal, whatever it is. You can eat a keto meal without being keto. Right. Right. If it makes you feel good in that moment, if you know, okay, a really high fat breakfast makes me feel full and satiated. And I'm going to eat that on a day where I don't get to have lunch until 2 or 3 p.m. Then yeah, you should do that. And trying different diets can kind of help you see, okay, this is how how I feel eating this certain pattern. But when it becomes an obsession, it becomes your identity, and it's causing you more anxiety than pleasure, that's when you have to take a step back and say, something's wrong here. This anxiety, this message is my body telling me something's not right. How can I loosen the reins a little bit and not put so much pressure on myself? Yeah. I mean, like, cooking and eating should be fun. I I mean, granted, like, I feel like I'm talking from this perspective that, like, I have it all figured out. Like, I... I don't, um, and there are some days where I'm just like, ugh, like, I don't want to cook. I don't want to eat this again, or I don't, I'm tired of doing whatever, and, and some days aren't perfect. Like, some days I'm like, I just want Chick-fil-A. Yeah. Okay? Like, drop what you're doing. Take me to Chick-fil-A. I need it now. As long as it's not Sunday. Ugh. Okay. That's (laughs) happened to me, like, three times, like, in a month, where I'm like, seriously, why do I always do this? But... It's not going to be perfect. And I think accepting that is huge. Mm -hmm. Like knowing that the process or the journey or whatever you want to call it isn't linear. And it's not, you're going to have a lot of quote unquote failures, um, setbacks, obstacles, and you're going to mess up. Like just accepting the fact that you are going to mess up and just being like, cool, Mm -hmm. I fucked up, moving on. And every day is a new day, and I, I, tr- I mean, like, I have to literally, like, tell myself these things because I naturally have a tendency to fall back on, oh, like, I can't believe I just ate that. I completely just ruined everything I've worked for. Or even giving yourself, like, I mean, this whole thing is kind of, like, about giving yourself, like, grace, you know, when you do mess up and just being like, okay, whatever. Like, again, mm-hmm. tomorrow's a new day. Tomorrow I can you know, make healthier choices, not restrict the next day because then you're just going to be hungrier later and you're going to binge that night and then you're going to do the whole cycle all over again. Um, but just being nice to yourself, like, like that's huge. Just mm-hmm. be nice to the person in the mirror. Be thankful that you can stand up and can move around and can choose what you're eating. Like, that's, yeah. that's big. Yeah, totally. I think you just summed it up so beautifully. Don't judge yourself for little eating mishaps, right? (laughs) There's no good way to say it. I don't even like to call it that. Nobody's perfect. Your dietitian's not perfect. That skinny, beautiful person that you know, she's not perfect. And maybe her struggles have nothing to do with food, but it's something way worse that you've never even thought about before. We're Mm -hmm. all fighting our own battles. Some of us do it in the form of body image, and some people do it in the form of addiction or relationships. Nobody's life is perfect. Everybody screws up. You're not alone. It's just picking yourself right back up and looking at your feelings and your physical responses to food from a place of curiosity and not judgment, saying, okay, how do I actually feel after I eat fast food? 
How do I do? How does my stomach feel? How does my skin feel? How is my energy level? Acknowledging that feeling, not judging yourself for it, and just making a note of it of, okay, I know that I don't feel so good after I eat, you know, McDonald's. Mm -hmm. Next time I'm hungry, I'm in this situation, and I'm tempted to eat McDonald's, how can I do better? Right. What can I order that's going to make me feel better and avoid this shitty, crappy feeling of having a gut bomb or whatever it is that McDonald's makes you feel? Because I'm guessing it's not a surge of energy and vitality. Yeah, I just feel like my pores get all, like, clogged. Yeah, it's happy when I eat pizza, which is so sad. Because pizza is so good. Did you ever... Okay, this is, like, the most weird diet thing I did as a kid. But I remember being in the lunchroom. We'd have, like, Papa John's or whatever it was come every Thursday. And it was Mm -hmm. pizza day. And I started having, like, disordered eating behaviors when I was in middle school. And I would take my napkin and I would blot the grease off my pizza because I'm sure I read that in some J14 bullshit magazine. Mm -hmm. And I would, like, go around and, like, I would make comments to people like, you should really blot your pizza. You can save, like, 150 calories from blotting the grease from your pizza. And then your pizza tastes like stale cheese because, first of all, it's... Papa John's shit pizza, and then yeah. it's got no grease on it. I've done that. Like, yeah. I've, I've blotted my pizza. Not the grease. And I, I mean, I didn't know how many calories you could, you know, take off, but I was like, yeah. ew, this grease is just going to, like, come back out of my face. Like, I was, yeah. Which it might. So I think the solution there is just choose a high-quality pizza. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah, just... yeah, yeah. Pay the extra few dollars yes. and enjoy a nice pizza, a quality please. pizza. Well, I think this podcast was really awesome, Allie. I want to thank you so much for coming in. I I love hearing stories that are really raw and authentic and relatable because nobody is perfect and we all go through these ups and downs and twists and turns with food and nutrition and body image and learning to love ourselves through every stage of life is always going to be a new challenge. I mean, you have to kind of re-fall in love with who you are in every phase in life because right now we're in our mid-20s and then our bodies are going to change. Our lives are going to change when we're 40. And we have to remember that we're different people at every stage of life and meet ourselves halfway and love ourselves for where we are from a non-judgmental standpoint. Yeah. I want to ask, you know, as we wrap it up, if you had one piece of advice for the woman that's listening to this, who is struggling with body image and loving herself and having those moments like you described in the mirror where she just feels the worst about herself that she ever has in her life, what piece of advice or pieces of advice would you give to her? So I think the biggest thing, I keep saying that, the biggest thing, everything's the biggest thing here. Um, We're dramatic. Yeah. Um, would just to be to give yourself some grace. Um, and I know that's so much easier said than done, but uh, maybe even like writing some things down that you're really good at, right? Mm-hmm. Outside of nutrition, outside of food, outside of exercise or anything like I'm a good mom or I'm a good sister I'm a good daughter I'm a I'm great at my job or you know I am a great significant other to my partner um and really kind of refocusing yourself instead of on like what you look like or the mistakes you've made with your food or or whatever and trying to rewire it to be like okay yeah that might have happened today or I might feel like that right now but I'm really good at these other things in my life and this one component doesn't make me who I am like I like you said are like multifaceted right like I'm or multidimensional um I'm I'm one whole person and I encompass more than just nutrition fitness you know mm-hmm. and stuff like that because once you say nice things to yourself like you start to to believe them and you mm-hmm. start to really like foster that positivity and gratitude within yourself and then you know you're able to be that for others yeah when you start saying nice stuff to yourself about yourself that is key Mm -hmm. we have these beliefs we write we are the main character in our story of life and we're also the authors to a degree so we can decide what our main character is feeling what that main character is like If you decide that you want to be good at something or that you want to encompass a certain characteristic, it's a choice. I mean, it takes work, but it's a choice. You can decide to be more than your body image. You can decide to focus on how great you are at being a friend, how great you are at your job, how you can bring people together. You can focus on your superpowers. And it's kind of funny, once you start to put all of your energy into things like 
that actually really, really matter. Sometimes your your weight and your nutrition, it just sort of naturally falls into place when you start to solve those root issues that are within you. So I agree with you. I think changing your perspective about yourself and finding those things that you really, really love about who you are and focusing on those and building on those and reminding yourself daily through written word or talking to me or whatever it is can really be a game changer. Oh, yeah, for sure. (laughs) Well, Allie, if people want to listen to your podcast or get in contact with you, how can they do that? So you can find the podcast um, on Instagram and Facebook at My Not So Balanced Life. You can find my personal Instagram at Unapologetically Allie. And um, if you want to follow my counterpart, my co-host, Natalie, her handle is Oh gosh, what is it? I always forget. Oh wait, hold on. It's at it's just me dot Natalie. Natalie, do you hear this? She's not a good friend. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'll make sure I link all that stuff below so you guys can just click it and get in contact with Allie and Natalie and listen to their awesome podcast. It's funny. They talk about a lot of real cool things and it's like this. It's very conversational, but you get a lot of stuff out of it. Thanks again for being here. Thanks for having me. This was fun. Yeah. Bye everybody. <laughs> Bye. Thank you for listening. I hope this episode was helpful. For topic requests or to apply to be a featured guest, please email kate at orlandodietitian.com. Want more nutrition awareness? Check out our blog for recipes, nutrition tips and tricks, as well as product recommendations. Our website is www.orlandodietitian.com. Dietitian is spelled D-I-E-T-I-T-I-A-N. This has been Dietitian Kate, and until next time, keep it real 